0: Welcome back. This is your go to podcast for anyone craving fresh ways to apply God's word to your everyday life. Together, we'll see how our ordinary and even messy moments can be platforms for the miraculous. And today, I'm with my special guest, author, speaker, and recording artist, Tammy Trent. I am so excited about our conversation, and you are going to love her. I mean, it's Tammy Trent. What's not to love about Tammy Trent? I'm going to introduce Tammy in just a second. But this month, I'm introducing you to some of my favorite women in the Bible. I wrote about their stories in my latest Bible study, Fearless, Ordinary Women of the Bible Who Dared to Do Extraordinary Things. If you're ready to find your fearless and step into God's call on your life, you will love their stories. And at the end of this month, author and worship leader, Carrie Cardinale, will encourage us to get real with God. She shares her past struggle with sexual identity and the restoring power of God's grace. I'm also partnering this month with the founder of E3 Kids International Carol Turner and together we are going to get at least 300 copies of Fearless to women in Kenya for a conference she'll be at this summer. You can help Kenyan women find their fearless at angeladenadio.com. And right there you can also decide if you'd like to be a sponsor. Just reach out to me if you'd like to sponsor an episode of Make Life Matter. We would love to have you. Well let me get you to Tammy. Tammy Trent is a gifted communicator who draws her audience close with her contagious humor and and fun energetic personality and yet the sincerity of her heart and the wisdom of her life experience is woven through the very words she speaks and sings she has reached millions around the world through her story of tragedy to triumph and I love this quote she says one of my greatest privileges on this journey of hope is to be able to remind others that we can never interpret our numbness as God's absence in our lives Welcome, Tammy. I am so excited to have you. I'm excited to hang with you for a little bit here, and how
1: fun for this podcast that you're doing! And I mean, you're so perfect for it. I oh. Can't believe it took this long for you to jump in. And uh, you're amazing. Your your voice is so soothing and calming. You know, I'm sure you scream a little here and there, but <laughs>
0: <laughs> we get excited. <laughs> yes. Well, uh, I I absolutely adore you, and I had the privilege of meeting you when you first came out to our church in our area, and you were part of Fresh of Faith with Jennifer yeah. Rothschild.
1: Yes, I rem- honestly, I could close my eyes. I I can still see your platform. I can see everybody that was there. What a fun, fun time that was for me. And I think you stepped in because somebody wasn't able to to make it. Maybe a flight was delayed or something. Oh, that's you, right. Like, remember that? And you just like yeah. took on the platform. You got behind that piano and you just, you rocked it. It was like she's joining the band tonight.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know, it wasn't because Meredith Andrews was doing all the worship that's and the music right. and her... Um, pianist who does everything, you know, at the the keyboard with his keyboard, everything was delayed in Baltimore, DC. So um, he was not going to make it in time for Friday night. So it ended up being a blessing in disguise. I loved, you know, being a part of that and jumping in. And then you came back out a year later and you were a part of an event we had at our church. Our women absolutely Mm. love you. Love you, love love you. So, you know, and I know a lot about you, and I've had the chance to kind of meet you, and get to know you, and you so graciously endorsed my first Bible study, Finding Joy. So thank you it's so
1: much. It's you, a good one. It's a good one. I love when when God connects connects people together. I mean, when you when you walk into a place, and you know, there's a lot of people. Both of us meet, but there's certain people that are like etched on your heart, like forever, and you know, beyond a shadow of a doubt, like this is very intentional, and God has a reason for this connection. And and I love that. And sometimes it's just simply sisterhood and just supporting Mm -hmm. each other, loving each other so that we never feel alone. We never feel like we're taking steps alone, that at moments when we feel like we have nothing to say or nothing to pray, we know somebody's standing in the gap for us, even if you see them once a year or every few years. But I think that's the beauty sometimes, the, the positivity of social media, when you feel like you can stay connected somehow, even through that of watching each other's lives, knowing how to pray and care and love one another. And I have always felt that with you from the time we first met. And so I feel so honored to be here and just sort of lean in for a listen today and chat a little bit with you and anybody who might want to give a listen to, to maybe take the circumstances of their life today and say, like, how do I make this matter with what I'm going Mm -hmm. through today? How can I make this pain matter? How can I make this change matter in my life? And how can I find purpose in it? How can I find God in the worst moments of my life when I do feel numb? And I think you and I have both been through things. Probably everybody listening today has a story. We've all been through something. And either we've allowed God to perform the miraculous, we've allowed him to heal, we've allowed him to restore, we've trusted enough in peace and hope, or we've said, look, I'm done. Like, Mm. I have nothing more to give. And I think many of us can relate to some of that stuff, too. And that feeling of throwing our hands up and going, I have nothing more to say or give. Like, I just feel numb and and everything's been wrapped to the core hmm. so how do we breathe in your direction how do we how do we point you to jesus to to trust again and to believe again that he is still capable of changing your life around
0: hmm. i love that and i know you know one of the titles of one of your books is learning to breathe again we're actually going to title this episode learning to breathe again and hmm. i just want to invite you tammy just Walk us through, I know a lot of people know you maybe from women of faith or you know your books, your music. There's so many ways people um, have connected with you throughout the years. And I love your vulnerability, your transparency to, to be willing to share your story and invite people into your pain, but also invite them into the process of healing that you allow the Lord to do in your own life. So if, if you could, maybe there are listeners who have never heard your story or it's been a long time, I would love to just invite you to kind of you know, take us back um, to September 11th, walk us through what happened in your life, how that's changed you. And then I'd love for us to sit a minute after you share that and talk about how we can turn that corner. Okay, Like you said, so many people go through things, but some of us get stuck and some of us get unstuck. And I want to encourage people to get unstuck and move forward in whatever God's call is on their life. And no matter what we've gone through or been through or going through currently, it does not have to cripple us. We don't have to be cemented in the quicksand of that situation. So I'm just going to let you just free talk and we're just going to listen and share with us kind of what transpired in your life. I sure will. So the backstory
1: uh, for me is meeting this kid in my youth group when I was 15 years old. I'd gone to a very charismatic church and we had a large youth group of about almost 400 kids and I a lot of amazing friends growing up in my church. And And uh, I wasn't allowed to date till I was 16, but I remember at the age of 15, worshiping God Wednesday night with my girlfriend just sitting there having a great time in our, in our youth group. And I looked in the back of the room and in came walking three of the yummiest guys I'd ever seen. And I was like, yes, Lord, (laughs) I love church. And they came in, they found their seats and I saw them lifting up their hands, worshiping God. And I thought, man, I gotta meet these guys. And I found out we lived on the same side of town together. And I had my eye on the youngest, brother of the three. And I found out soon after that he had been eyeing me too. And I had turned 16 years old about a month after I saw this guy in our youth group and my phone rang and it was him. And he said, Hey, do you want to go hang out and do something? I was like, Oh my gosh, absolutely. And so that began a journey of seven and a half years of dating, this amazing guy that just, he loved life. He loved people. He loved God. He'd come to faith later in life. So his relationship with Jesus was was new. It was fresh. It was exciting. Um, he was kind of diving all in and trying to figure out who God was in his life. And I got to be sort of surrounded by that as well. And I, I'd been a Christian since I was a little girl. So, so much I took for granted. So when I'm watching this guy come to faith and learning and growing in the things of God, like it was sort of brand new to me in a lot of ways. So and he was very authentic in his approach. And he was very down to earth and genuine. And I love that there was nothing fake about this guy. And so I fell crazy in love with him. Um, you know, I, I I talked about and heard about in our youth group a lot about purity and about true love waiting. It was something we both took a strong stance on. But I, I was very, um, I, I struggled with it. I was a girl that struggled with that kind of. Uh, Purity because I wanted to be loved and I wanted someone to love me and I'd come from a broken home So this guy just showered me with life in his words and, and life in his actions and his pure actions Because every time I was weaker in those moments, he was always stronger And he would already begin as a teenager telling me things like he wanted to protect The relationship that God had given both of us Man, I fell even more in love with this guy, and went off to Bible college, and came back, and I thought I can't live another day without this guy, my best friend in my life every day. So we got married at a young age of twenty-two and twenty-one, and that began probably the greatest adventure of my life. And um, I ended up signing a record deal, which was a dream come true for this little girl who grew up in the youth group singing and playing the drums, and you know, and I just thought, man, I just I'd love to impact the heart of somebody one day, and. Uh, through my music if if that's ever what god was calling me to do. So I just I pursued it hard. I did everything I needed to do and I traveled the world and I made relationships and contacts, did a demo tape and boom, I ended up landing my very first record deal in 1995 and 6 weeks later my very first song Your Love Is For Always hit number 1 on the Christian hit radio stations across the country. So I asked my husband, you know, before I signed the deal, can I take your first name as my last name? He said great. We were Tammy and Trent Lenderink, but now I became Tammy Trent Traveling the World. And I asked him if he'd travel with me full-time in ministry, and he said, absolutely. So God took us all over the world. Man, it didn't matter where it was, big or small. We just, we love people. We love serving people. We love being right in the middle of what we thought was God's plan for our lives. We were married for 11 years. They were great years. Um, but just like any marriage, we had ups and downs. But I really felt like Trent was the glue that held so many things together, especially a young girl like me, where I think I was still trying to find my identity through the marriage along the way, being young. And he was always the consistent, faithful guy that just held it together. And the ups and downs of ministry and as a new recording, artist, all those different things. He just steadied my world. And yes, now we were married 11 years. I had three albums under my belt, traveling full-time in ministry together. We made a move to Nashville, built our first home together, and um, a lot of great things were going on. But I was in a season where I wondered what's next. Maybe it's starting a family. I don't know if it's another album. I don't know if it's a mission field. I'm not sure, God. But we got a call to go over to Jamaica on a mission trip. And I knew it was going to be a pivotal time um, for God to speak to me and to Trent. And uh, I knew, you know, those, those times we get in those seasons in our lives where we feel like, like God is up to something. I don't know what it is, but I just, I feel something stirring. And I, it was that place that I was in. Like I, I knew that something was going to shift and change. I just didn't have any idea what it was. And I will never forget getting on this plane in September, of 2001, heading to Jamaica And we had vacationed on one side of the island before we were to begin our mission trip on the other side of the island. And we traveled to this beautiful place called the Blue Lagoon. And I had no idea waking up that day, making that plan to go to the Blue Lagoon, to spend the afternoon with Trent, who wanted to scuba dive and free dive in that lagoon. I had no idea, Angela, that my life would forever change that day Mm -hmm. and into the next morning. I uh, had lunch there on the edge of the water. Trent suited up. He went free diving, said, I'm going to be just going for 15 minutes and I'll come back and hang out and we'll go do something you want to do. I finished lunch. Trent and I both sat on the edge of the water and then he slipped into the water. Halfway between the dock and that hole, Trent lifted up his head out of the water and he waved goodbye to me, just like he had done so many times before. I had no idea at that moment that that would be the last time I would ever see him again. He sunk beneath the surface, and he was gone. I remember sitting on the edge of the water, um, just watching some other swimmers and snorkelers. And uh, 30 minutes went by, 45 minutes went by, and I realized I hadn't seen him. A boat came into the lagoon right about that moment over the hole where he had been swimming, and then it docked. And I remember getting in the boat with these guys. I said, would you please take me out and search for my husband who's out there swimming and I can't find him, I haven't seen him. So I got in the boat with these perfect strangers and we began to circle this lagoon. And with each passing moment, I couldn't help the feeling of knowing that my life would never be the same again. Like I knew something had shifted. I knew something had changed. It's like the world was moving so fast and I couldn't stop it. I just wanted everything to stop. And I just, I couldn't change it. And yet I knew something had shifted. I went to the back room of this restaurant by myself as the search began looking for Trent in the lagoon. And I remember just being all alone by myself, not one person to pray with me, to hold me, nothing. And I I cried out to God, and and yet the only thing that would even come out of my mouth was just help. God, help me. I don't know what to do with this. I just, I feel numb. I feel lost. I feel hopeless. I'm scared. I'm all alone. I'm in a foreign country. God, help me. And then I started to sing every praise song that I could think of because it was the only thing that was like a lifeline time to hope. Three hours went by. Then guys came in and said, Tammy, we can't find Trump. We're going to have to call the search off, but we'll start again in the next we'll start again in the morning. And um, they took me up to a home of two doctors that wanted to watch out for me through the night. And I'll never forget the next morning, a doctor coming into my room. He said, Tammy, come quickly. We want to show you the television in the other room. And I, will never forget walking into that room staring at the television of the morning of September 11, 2001, as the second plane plowed into the Twin Towers in New York City. I stood there thinking, man, this, this is it. Like This must be the end of the world. I think every one of us listening at this moment remember exactly where we were the morning of September eleventh when all of America was falling apart. And there I was in this foreign country staring at the television. My own personal world was falling apart. And man, everything was, um, felt very numb to me at that moment. I remember just crying, asking God, what happened? What's... What do I do with this? And I got a phone call moments after that. And my family was grounded on planes all across the country. Not one person could get to me. And then the next call came in and they had recovered the body of Trent in the Blue Lagoon. And I just, man, I just, I fell apart. I just fell apart. And I thought, God, what part of the plan changed? How will I live? How will I breathe? How will I move? What do I do with my ministry? How, where do I go from here? Do I stay in Nashville? Do I go home to my family? Mean, all of these things just raced through my mind as you're trying to piece your whole entire future together in just one minute's time, which is absolutely impossible to do. And feeling numb in the very midst of all of it. And I just, I just crumbled. I just absolutely fell apart and I just crumbled. And I'll never forget a couple days after I had made my way over the other side of the island where Trent and I were to begin our mission trip. And I'll never forget one night just weeping and having a moment in, in the bathroom and just asking God, do you see this girl? Like, God, do you see me? Do you hear me? Is heaven real? Are you real? I feel numb. I feel hopeless. I, I don't know how you could allow something like this to happen in my life. You say you love me. You say you have a plan, God. But this pain is so enormous that I don't know that I will ever recover from something like this. I mean, in my humanness, I just, I had that very human conversation with God where I just said, I don't get it. I don't see your hand in something like this from my life. He was the greatest covering I'd ever known, the greatest man I ever knew, the greatest love I ever felt. I just I just felt so broken. And I started to make my way out of that room, trying to pull myself together and trying to be brave and not even knowing what that fully looked like. But I could hear somebody in the adjoining room that was connected to mine. And when I made my way over there to the opening in the doorway, I saw this beautiful Jamaican woman standing there in a Hilton housekeeping outfit. And I looked at her and I just said, Ma'am, I said, could you just come in and make my bed? That's all I really need today. And she looked at me. And um, she just said, Look, I, I could hear you crying, and I've been trying to get to you. Could I could I just come in and hold you? And the beauty of that moment to me was that just moments before I'm crying out to God, do you see this girl? Do you hear me? And I specifically said to Jesus, If you're real, if you see me, could you send me somebody that would hold me? I just need someone that would just hold me. Not even a hundred angels, but just one angel that would just hold me. So here I'm walking through that room and, and saying, Hey, come in my room and just make my bed. And she's just saying, Can I just come in and hold you? So at that moment, Angela, I think truly when I look back now, years later, I do believe that that miraculous moment in my life where I was very specific with God. How he showed up for me and revealed himself to me in that moment, and I think that's when I stepped into my healing.
0: Mm. That's such that's such, and you know I've heard your story before, Tammy, but I'm, I think I've focused so much on your loss and what a tremendous loss mm-hmm. you have been through, but it's also such a beautiful love story. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we've all had our stories, but I can just hear just you know, this experience and the seven and a half years and you waited and his protection and his covering and, you know, it's a it's a love story. And I I wonder how many girls and women you inspire to like yeah. wait, wait for that right person for you, you know, and to know that yeah. God has a love story. He loves us enough, you know, and wow. he not only loved you enough to give you trendy, love you enough to to hear you even in that moment of of brokenness. And I wonder too, did you th- in those days and weeks and months that followed, did you wrestle with the fact that you were even on a missions trip? I mean, here's something you're like, God, I'm giving you my life and I'm going, yeah. you know, on a missions trip. And how does this happen in, in these, you know, I, I know oh. people think, well, what kind of God does that? And know God doesn't do that, but you know, we wrestle yeah. with those questions and yeah. did you have to, did you navigate some of these emotions or what, what kind of wave of emotion came in, in those in the next few weeks? Oh my goodness. Oh, um,
1: you know, I think it's the craziest thing for me when I talk about that moment, because I remember, um, I don't know if it was that steady foundation that I had in my relationship with Jesus, not just knowing of a God, But knowing him intimately, like I I genuinely had an intimate relationship with Jesus. So Mm. instantly I knew that God did not take Trent from me. I don't know where that came from, except for the depths of the understanding of who he really was, the character, the very character of God in my life. Right, right. I hated everything that was happening. I was upset. I was angry, but I knew enough that, okay, God, like you didn't take Trent from me because you are a God. Your intention is to always uh, uh, bring increase. Okay. Okay. So if your intention is to bring increase in my life, then you're not going to take things from me, especially things that are good. So although I don't understand this, I mean, it's, it's almost like it was like this, um, this thing that came over me where it was like, why is this happening? There's got to be a bigger reason beyond myself. And I think even in the pain, even in the heartache, even in the question, there was something else, even if it was tiny, that was within me going, you got to figure out what this mystery is. You've got to figure out the hand of God. There's a greater Mm. purpose. And then I started piecing together 9-11, the significance of 9-11. Like Trent's life and the impact of the love story was so enormous that it just, it was almost like, the day had to be handpicked so that nobody would ever forget nine eleven. Uh-huh. I would never forget nine eleven. 11 No one would ever forget this love story. No one would ever forget the impact, the hope that Jesus can bring. And like you said, it's not so much about the loss, but it's the hope. It's the hope because just as much as pain is real, so is hope. And we lose sight of that. So, I mean, I think the days following, oh my gosh, I was, um, I was a wreck. I was messed up. I just felt so lost. And I came home and I, I just said, I don't even know what healing looks like, God, but I'm going to trust you enough to do that for my life. I'm Yeah, I'm angry. I'm kicking. I'm screaming. There's so much I walk through, but I somehow stayed and remained open to the things of God. I knew mm-hmm. enough to run to him rather than away from him. And I think that started in Jamaica, when nobody could get to me, remember, I told you the phone call started coming and no one could get to me. And I know, because I know my personality, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, had my mom arrived, had my sister arrived, um, had friends arrived, I would have, I would have leaned into them. I would have looked to them for answers. I would have cried in their arms. And I think God knowing me so well, thought, no, I can't do that. I can't allow that to happen uh, because she will or could walk away from the need she will have in me if she places her need in other people. And so I, now I can see that then I couldn't, but I have seen the power of that um, the years following. And I think coming home, it was almost like, you know, like some friend standing in the gap for you in the worst moment of your life that really rescued you in that moment. And then all of a sudden you start to heal and you go back and you're like, you're mad that that friend didn't do this more for you or that more. And you're, you're kind of forgetting like, Oh my gosh, they were the one that really rescued me. How could I be mad at them for not doing it the way I wanted Mm. them to? And I think that was how I felt about Jesus. Like, Jesus, you rescued me in the worst moment of my life. Now, how could I be mad at you because things didn't go my way? My will wasn't done. My plan wasn't done. And I think I fully understood that, look. Trent wasn't mine. Like what a gift from God that I got to have this guy for the years I did. But ultimately Mm -hmm. he was a son of God and God had a purpose and a plan for Trent's life. And if that was, if his destiny was to come and change the heart of a girl, knowing that, knowing that one day I would take the very pieces, the broken pieces of my life and trust that God would make them whole again but that I would step up on a platform or I'd I'd walk through my neighborhood or I'd go into home Depot and share the story of my life or I'd sit on an airplane and someone asked me questions. And I say, look at what God's done. Like, yeah, I'm widowed. And, and then, Oh my gosh, you are. Well, yeah. And then I tell the story, but I, I lean into the story of hope. I mean, I've had so many opportunities to share Jesus with people and to think that maybe that was Trent's destiny. That's my destiny. I just, I try to think about that rather than the things I don't have, okay, what do I have? and you know, Angela, thats didn't happen overnight. It's been eighteen years into my loss. Yes, God has brought healing. Yes, I still feel rocked to the core at days. You can hear it in my voice when I still cry and feel affected yeah. by it, but that's the healing has come, um and I'm grateful for that, but it's taken a while to get there
0: and it was i mean you're there's a couple things that so stand out to me as you're talking, and one is your your choice, that's really what it is. It's a choice to, to surrender even him, you know, and your relationship with him and what his destiny was in the Lord. That, that kind of maturity and ability to surrender everything to the Lord, I think is, is difficult for a lot of us, but I think that's key. Don't you think for healing and moving forward is, is to ultimately, and you mentioned it, we have to trust the character of God. Either he's good or he's not good. Yeah. And we can't just say he's good, but it's kind of like some out there in the stratosphere good with a capital G, but he's not really good to me. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yes, oh he's yes. so good. And we sing it and he's God, you're so good. But is he really good to me? Right,
1: exactly. And And I'm, I, I, I you
0: know, yes. And I dare say that a
1: lot of people sitting in church on a Sunday morning don't think he's so good. And it's, Mm. they're having a hard time singing that or, uh, you know, you're, you're so, yeah, you're so good to me or you're, you're always bringing life to me. I mean, so many people I think struggle with that, especially in their circumstances, maybe at that moment. But, you know, I don't believe that God can redeem what we will not release. Ah. We have got to release things in our life if we want God to redeem them. And we cannot be a part-time Christian or a believer or follower of Jesus and expect him to be a full-time God in our life. You know, so many of us just kind of live accordingly, like to my way. And I'm going to give a little bit. I'm going to trust a little bit. But, man, when your world comes crashing in, you are so angry at God because he's not coming through for you the way you want him to, but there's not an understanding of the character of God to know what he might be trying to show you through it all. Mm. And if you don't release the things in your life because you keep hanging on so tightly because you're afraid of change or just letting go or trusting is, is just too hard, he's not going to be able to redeem those situations. We've got to be able to release these things in our lives and to trust God that he still will restore, that he still can heal. You know, it also takes us to step into healing. Some people don't want to step into Restoration, healing, Mm -hmm. redemption. Because, face it, some of it takes a lot of work. For me, healing has taken work, and I think people like I don't want to work at it. I don't want to be healed. I am comfortable in my anger. I'm comfortable in my unforgiveness. I'm comfortable in this. It's my pain. It's all I know. And now it's my identity. It's all. It's who I know. And I don't want to work at forgiving people. I don't want to work at this situation because being angry makes me feel better. Holding on makes me feel better. And sometimes I think we forget that he still holds the power to heal and to set free. Maybe sometimes we just don't believe that he can or that he wants to. Hmm. Maybe we often even forget at times that he's still the God of miracles, that he can do in a moment's time what might take years for us to work through on our own. We just can't let fear keep us from the truth, from trusting him, because he already knows the pain and the worries we felt. He already knows the wounds and the troubles we've carried. He already is fully aware of any deception in our life that has chased us down for years. He already knows how hard it's been for you and for me, period. But there comes the choice, like you said, choosing to believe in his commitment to us. Mm. Know that he's beyond capable of redeeming the situation or circumstances that surround us or the hurt, or the pain that keep us so paralyzed and wrecked we've got to release the things that have a hold on our lives but, so that we can start taking steps towards healing and freedom in our lives.
0: Wow. Absolutely, Tammy. And do you feel like for you that redemption process has been gradual as you've released, I'm sure, different waves of emotions or things you felt or thought? I know for some people it can be instantaneous, but you know I've also found sometimes it's, it's like you're saying, it's a process of I'm going to commit to releasing. I wrote that down and I will make sure that's in my show notes. God will not redeem what we will not or cannot redeem what we will not release. Yes. And to release all this stuff that we hold on to, not just the offense of it, but all of the aftermath, all of the cost of that, all of the the, the what ifs and, and how I thought my life was going to look and now it doesn't mm. look that way. And mm. those are all different things that have to be grieved, you know? And so yeah. those are all moments that we have to continually invite the Holy Spirit into those spaces to say, yeah. I choose to release this right here that I'm feeling. And I don't know, have you found it to be a process of redemption as you've moved forward in your life?
1: I found it to be a huge process for me. (sighs) I feel like I'm a slow learner. I don't know if anybody else can relate. (laughs) I I (laughs) I relate. I relate. (laughs) I think God lays it out so clearly, so often for me, different things in my life, and I, I might even read it. I might even find it, and I'm like, nah. I feel like I got a better way. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You know, so I'm definitely a slow learner, and it has been a process for me. And I think there were days where I felt like I had, wow, I took leaps and bounds forward. And then the next day I felt like I was right back to square one. And um, I'm thankful for his patience with me. God's been so patient with me. And I have gone through seasons of disobedience. If I could be completely honest, I feel like, you know, I don't even know if I want to say seasons, but I, I remember a season for sure when I just felt very disobedient, um, where God was asking me to do some specific things that would help me in my healing. And I, and I didn't. And, um, and I, I just, I don't know if I was afraid if I wanted to do it my way. I opened myself up uh, years ago to a relationship that I also uh, in my, in my pain and my loss and my loneliness uh, knew that wasn't God's best for me. And in my disobedience stayed in it too long and it brought uh, a lot of pain to my life when I was finally brave enough to step out of it and see it for what it was. I had to then sort through all of that. But whatever I was hanging on to in fear of, of being on, you know, wanting to be loved or wanting to be surrounded by something, um, it, it, in my disobedience, it just, it affected a lot of things in that season in my life. And as I started to get stronger and braver and listening to the voice of God and being obedient, what began to happen in my life through the process of redeeming things in my life. um, I started to see the blessing from God and that I think is such a scriptural thing out of our obedience will follow blessing. That's right. Once I started to see that in my life and, and just God's graciousness and so merciful to me, Man, I just you know when we get in those places, we're like, "What took me so long? Like, why was I fighting this and why was I so afraid?" And man, we get so caught up in the wrong identities in our lives. We listen to who people say we are. We listen to what a circumstance says we are. We don't believe God's capable of of bringing new life and something new in the darkness of our lives. And we just it's it's easier for us to believe the negative rather than the positive that God really wants great things for our lives. That His intention is for wholeness. But I think once we really begin to walk out on obedience and we're 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 going through the process of redemption in our lives, it it is so much easier when we do it God's way and when we mm-hmm. trust him enough that he wants to make something great in our lives. Now I know I've got some friends, I don't know where this is coming from right now, but even last night there's a friend of mine who I didn't even know uh was had been divorced like the last couple years. He's in the industry, that kind of thing. And so it just wasn't probably something that was super public, and I was like you know, on his Instagram, trying to, you know, when you're trying to, I'm a little stock and trying to piece things together. <laughs> like, what's the deal? And, um, going to hers and trying to figure it out. And I'm just like, man, I think, I think something happened here. And they're amazing. Both of them have been walking with Jesus for a long time and have five kids and they're out there in ministry. And, um, and I just thought what happened? Like, I didn't hear this. Like it probably been two years now they've divorced. And I thought, you know, we get up and we talk a lot about healing and how God can even heal a marriage. And I'm like, what happens when we as believers, also even in ministry, like something happens in our lives to like, do people stop believing even what we say when we say God mm-hmm. can heal a marriage? But what did he not heal that marriage? I just started wow. thinking about like what went wrong and why wasn't it saved? But then I started thinking, you know, it also, God can heal anything. Yeah, there, There's miracles all around us, but if we don't step into it, it's not going to happen if we don't step into healing, it will not happen in our lives. If we don't trust God enough and move in that direction and we just stay where we're at, then things aren't going to be changed or moved in your life. You've got to have motivation for movement in your life. Mm. And it takes two people in a marriage. You know, if one is fighting so hard and one just says, look, I'm I'm not in it anymore. I don't love anymore. I'm just, I'm done. Well, man, it's going to be really hard for God to redeem that. Because again, you're not, you are not, Releasing something in your life, and it
0: won't be redeemed if you're not. So, but even if he doesn't redeem that marriage, he can still redeem, like the pain yes. of what you went through, right? Yes. Because then yes. he he transforms that. And I, what I hear coming through so much from you is, we we can partner with God. We can partner with the Holy Spirit. We don't have to stay just paralyzed in that pain. We can't change what happened to us. We can't control what happens to us. Yeah. But we can control to some extent our involvement and our cooperation. And you mentioned, I don't even know if you caught you said it, but you you said it when you talked about being in Jamaica that you were trying to be brave. Mm. And then you said it a minute ago, I was, I'm just, I was, I was just, you know, trying to find, find my way to be brave. And mm. I, I think there is a determination in that there's kind of that, you know, bulldog tenacity of doggone it. I'm going <laughs> to find my way to be brave in this. Yes. But if you had like one suggestion for, you know, a man or a woman who's listening to saying, I'm, I just cannot find my brave. Like, I don't know where it is. I don't know how to hold on to it. My, wow. like you said, I'm wrecked by it. And I don't know, we've said so many things releasing and. Um, you know, but is there one thing you would say, listen, this is the, 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 the nugget I want to give you to help you move path from where you are right now to the next piece in your journey and finding your brave?
1: Change your atmosphere rather wow. than allowing your atmosphere to change you. Nothing is going to change for you. The anger, the, um, the feeling of failure, whether it's shame or guilt whatever it is that you're carrying right now, because you're looking at the whole situation, if you don't change your atmosphere, it will change you. So you need to get up. You need to move. You need to make some changes. If you just stay, if you're like, I think about this guy that went through a divorce. If he just stays in that place, goes home every night, gets on the road, it's just kind of doing the same thing. And it's just, he's in the same routine, even in the same space he was, uh, before the the divorce happened, nothing's going to change for him. So like he, this is a guy that I think he's got to get up and move. You got to do something different. I don't, I don't know if that means. Get a gym membership. I don't know if that means looking at your list of friends and going like, look, this one's too toxic. This one's not good for me. And mm. praying for God to send new people in your life. If it's tapping into a great Bible study at your church, picking up some more books, being very intentional about the music you're listening to. Yeah. Because the moment you get in a car, no matter what brokenness we face, the moment we get in the car, we turn on pop music, country music, whatever. I'm not saying it's forever, but maybe for a season, God says, be intentional about what you put in your soul right now. Mm. So that's the atmosphere I'm saying. You've got to change it. Otherwise, you are going to be in this season for the rest of your life, and you're going to be constantly saying, why? I asked God for a new season. We always talk about new season. And I could get out of it because you keep carrying the same baggage with you in every season. Some of us need to open that up, that piece of luggage today, go through that duffel bag, whatever it is, and pull some stuff out, look at it and say, this doesn't fit me anymore. This isn't my color anymore. I don't like this anymore and get rid of it because you will carry a much lighter bag. And frankly, Jesus says, it's my burden to carry. Let me carry it. You weren't even intended to carry all this garbage you're carrying, but go through it downsize, get rid of it and start changing your atmosphere. Because when you do that, I'm telling you stuff will look different. It will begin to feel different, Mm -hmm. whether it's your music, the movies, the people, whatever, we have to start living an intentional life. So if you're living in that place of how do I find my brave, that's exactly the things I talk about in my book, Beyond the Sorrow. There's hope in the promises of God. I talk very specifically about things that I had to do when I came back after the loss of my husband, I felt so broken and lost. And how do I how do I become stronger when life breaks? How mm. do I do that, God? And I write specifically about things I did where I began to change my atmosphere so that I didn't feel stuck. It helped me to get unstuck when I started to
0: do new things and introduced new things into my life. Mm, I love that. I'll make sure to include that book because Learning to Breathe Again, I know, is um, the book that we mentioned earlier. but Beyond the Sorrow is another book yeah. that um, I want to make sure. And you mentioned something, and I'm going to have you pray over our listeners in just a minute, but you mentioned the, the music, and I I caught again, I remember you saying it when you spoke at our church, you, you were singing praise songs in the middle of the night yeah. that first night. I yeah. mean, like... Let's just sit with that for a hot minute. Cause that's not easy, Tammy. Like, it's, I know, you know, we're I like, know. We're, I sang praise songs. And like, you know, I know. We hear like, you know, Paul and Silas singing praise songs, but I'm like, they're in the dungeon and they were beaten and they were like, it is, it is a war cry almost oh goodness, to come up it. with a praise song in the middle of like, I don't know if I'm going to come out of this thing. You know? I, so know. I think that's another thing of saying you have been intentional mm. about what you deposited into your life. Mm. prior. And then there came a point where you started writing again, you were writing songs again, mm. you're writing books again. So when we move out of, yes, there's a season to grieve, there's a season to heal, but then there's a season where new things need to flow out of us. And you've been obedient that to say, here's new songs, here's new words, here's new hope-filled messages. And that's, that's important too. You know, what we put in is eventually going to come out when we're in the- hundred oh, percent. Settings and you know it's uh, we can just say well just praise your way through it turn on your worship music but like when you really are doing it like Absolutely. I just, I think that's a real lesson for some of us to take away is mm. what are we putting in us that when we do go through these moments we have some kind of a well you know mm. to draw from to even sustain us in the middle of of all of that mess you know that we're feeling and I mm. I I, I want to make sure before um, we end today that. I know you're going to be going to Israel and I want to make sure that when, you know, women and men know how to find you. I'm going to put your um, website and my show notes and of course your books, your music, they can um, find you there. I know you're always traveling and speaking and if you know, guys, listen, if Tammy's anywhere near you, you need to go. You just, you can see like how it's like drinking from a water fountain. I'm like, you know, hydrant. I'm like, yes, yes, yes oh. it's so great. Um,
1: oh.
0: And it just, it comes out of such a place of depth in you. This is not like, I mean, and honestly, Tammy and I didn't rehearse what we're going to say. Like, this is just coming out of her in the moment because it's in her. Mm. So when you get the healing, you need the healing, you're intentional about life that he's done in yours. That's right. It's so, so true. But do you wait, tell us where you are with Israel? Tell us when you're yeah. going, where you're going, when you're going, in case people are like, I have got to get to know Tammy better. This would be an, a wonderful opportunity to join you and Jennifer, right? Jennifer Rothschild is going. I forget, someone else is going with Yes, you. Carol Kent. Carol Kent, yes. Yes. Ooh, what yes. a trilogy I'm- of
1: power. I know it's really going to be a great, great time. I think they're sort of billing it as like a women's conference to Israel, but you okay. know, husbands are coming along, which is super, super fun. And I think what an incredible opportunity to experience something so magnificent magnificent with your spouse. So um, yes, that is, it's so funny when you ask, I'm leading that June 13th through the 20th. Okay. Um, it'll be my first time going. So I am Yay. stoked. I, yes, I know. I'm so excited. So I'm really looking forward to that trip. It's It's, I think a quick eight days, like a lot of Israel trips are longer, which can cost more. So I think what we, uh, what we decided to do is let's pack in a bunch of stuff in a short amount of time to make it uh, a less expensive or more people can afford. it. It's definitely an investment trip, but I think if, if people have the extra um, I think it is one that will be a massive investment in our in your life personally. So it's going to be a fun, fun trip. And you can find out more information at TammyTrent.com. There's a video on there where I explain a bunch of stuff. And I think there's a link and you can go to the, uh, the website and the people that are heading it up to, and, and they've got tons of information there, kind of checking on some flights in and out of New York, but it's going to be fantastic. My mom's coming with me. My sister's oh, coming with me. I've got friends from my church when I was growing up in Grand Rapids, Michigan coming with me. So it's like a big family and friends of Fair and you know, oh, Jennifer fun. and Cheryl are amazing to Great Bible teachers and great authors and and really fun.
0: So if you've never been, I would I'll put all of that in the show notes and make okay. sure that, that everybody knows how to find you and fun. And I just I would love to invite you to just pray over our listeners. Tammy, you have really I hope guys you're gonna need to go back and listen to this a couple times because I couldn't write things down fast enough. And so mm-hmm. go back, <laughs> pause it you know, especially if you're going through a season where you are healing from any kind of trauma or loss, or you're just looking for the next purpose. What does the next season look like for you? And you need to, to offload some baggage and not carry that. God is going to just use these words to bring so much hope, so much life. I will put those book titles, everything you need to know in my show notes. So you don't miss any of that. And Tammy thank you you just continue to inspire and you continue to mm-hmm. uplift that's what i feel when i talk to you because you you've been intentional about yes i've been through one of the worst tragedies anyone can imagine but you are a walking breathing example that there is hope after loss and there is purpose after mm-hmm. loss great purpose and so i just thank you i thank you for investing your life in untold millions you will know to get to heaven how many people oh. have been impacted that beautiful woman in Jamaica maybe she'll be there and you get to talk <laughs> yes. to her and yes. so many more and Trent you know so um yes. thank you thank you for just in, investing into our lives today and I just appreciate it so much Tammy and appreciate you so much so if oh. you would just just kind of close our time by praying over our listeners kind of what's on your heart from the things that we've talked about today Okay, Father Jesus,
1: uh, first of all, I'm so grateful for your commitment to us, God. In places and moments and seasons where we're not so faithful at times, our faith is shaken, life has shaken us, things are broken, we feel numb. I love that you are so consistent, that you steady our world, that you breathe in our direction, that you are so Faithful and consistent and committed to us, God. I pray that anybody listening today, if they are feeling so lost, God. I pray that they would feel a little bit more held, a little bit more seen, a little bit more captured in the moment, God. Know that you cared so much about them to bring them to this podcast at this very moment. What an appointment for their life. Let them know they're not alone, that they carry nothing alone, but that there is also an urgency for them to step into change, for them to not be afraid of transformation in their life. That it's up to them to let go of something a little bit more and to begin to step into their healing, to trust you, God, for their healing, to trust you for the unknown in their lives, Jesus. I pray that you would help them find their bravery. You would help them to be courageous. That nothing would hold them back in this season, that they would not carry things into the next season that would keep them from living a full abundant life. God, I pray over the ones that feel so broken, um, where it seems like something is almost impossible of being mended. God, I, I thank you for reminding us that you never leave us in places of unwholeness. Your intention is to always bring wholeness to our lives. So even in the broken places, even if things won't ever look the same again in a certain situation, God, may we trust enough that you can still redeem that. You can still make that beautiful. Pray for motivation in our lives. Pray for movement. Pray that we'd be brave enough again to release things in our lives, God, that you, so that you could redeem them. I love you, Jesus. I love the way you bring hope and the way you bring life. May we be challenged to open up the word in a different way today. To look for your words in a different way today. To feel your presence in a different way today that would change something in our lives today. Give us the desire to want to know you more, God. Because in moments of our lives, if we don't know you, it's a, we are incapable of understanding you. I pray that we'd be also brave enough to say I want to know you more and it's okay if you want to change some things in my life help me be obedient help me be obedient so that every blessing you intend for my life would reach me in a better way today love you Jesus we commit to you God I thank you for being the Lord of my life and for giving me such a gift as eternity can't wait to see you and to be there and to be free from pain, to be free from struggle, be free from addiction, be free from anxiety, from worry, all the things that try to keep us down, God, one day we will be free. And until that day, may we be brave enough to travel this journey
0: with our fellow travelers in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for joining our conversation. I'd love to stay connected, so be sure to visit AngelaDenadio.com for my books, blogs, and free goodies. And find me on Facebook at Angela Denadio BOV and Instagram at Angela Denadio. If you've been inspired to make life matter, leave a review and subscribe at iTunes, cpnshows.com or anywhere you listen to podcasts so you don't miss an episode. Until next week, let's keep discovering miracles in life's messy moments.